Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Balance Factor podcast. If you're new here, my name is Emily. I'm your host, and thank you so much for joining me here today to better your health and your well-being. I'm so excited for today's episode. We are going to be joined by one of the co-founders of Othership, which if you're unfamiliar with what that is and you don't know anything about it, that's okay. We're going to dive deep all into it today to discuss the benefits and science behind infrared saunas, cold plunges, and active meditation. There is so much up and coming in this area of work and so many people are investing their time and their energy into this practice, but little information is really around us on how it actually works and so I thought it would be so suiting to have one of the founders of Othership on the show to discuss how beneficial and impactful these therapeutic practices can be to your health and really dive deep into why they're effective and the science behind it because it is incredible the way it acts and and plays a role on your body. And you guys will learn all about it in this episode, so I'm not going to spoil too much. Um, aside from that, before we dive into it, I know there's you're already excited. I know, so am I. But we, we got to cover the weekly favorite. And if you're new here, I do a weekly favorite every week. Something I've been loving, whether it's a recipe, uh, a product, a practice, something like that. You name it. I anything I, I I pick that I like and for this week I have been loving the Roar Organics drinks if you know what I'm talking about you know what I'm talking about they're similar to like a vitamin water but they're not they are amazing I love the orange mango one it's so so good um I've been loving these for almost a year now ever since I got COVID I started drinking these Um, But aside from that, this past week with just a lot going on, I've been super dehydrated and I absolutely love these drinks. They're not super sweet. Um, They don't give you that coating in your mouth after you drink a Powerade or something like that. They just quench your thirst when you need it. And I know they have several different flavors, but I absolutely love the mango orange one. It's so good. So if you've never tried them, definitely go try them out. They are amazing. And aside from that, it's time we get into this week's episode. So please welcome to the show one of the co-founders, Harry Taylor from Othership. So thank you, Harry, so much for coming on the show today. I'm so excited to speak with you all about Othership, cold plunges, saunas, you name it. We're going to dive deep into it. So let's just start off. If you can just introduce yourself and give us a brief overview of what is Othership. Okay, it would be a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. My name is Harry Taylor. I am one of the five co-founders of Othership, and I am the head of programs and director of guides at Othership. So I have the beautifully fortunate role of instilling the magic, instilling the culture and developing the program at Othership on both sides of the business. So, um, you know, there's really like a mothership branch of, there's the mothership and then that's divided into two primary branches. One is a physical space um, and is a social, it is a social experience centered around the hot and the cold. So the sauna and the ice bath. We currently have one location in downtown Toronto, but we're opening our second in Yorkville, which is another area of Toronto, uh, and a third and fourth um, 
Manhattan and Brooklyn. So it's all unfolding now. It's super exciting. Um, and 40 person sauna in the Adelaide location. We're actually expanding that. It's going to be like more like 80 person for the Yorkville location and moving forwards. And four ice baths, what we currently have, eight ice baths. And uh, it's really different from any other sort of spa experience. We're certainly not a spa or even any sort of bathhouse experience. We're definitely drawing on all sorts of sources of inspiration from cultures that have realized that heat and that cold have the power to heal along with community. But what really separates us is that communal aspect. It's a place for us to come together, to shed our inhibitions, that those things that keep us from being feeling it into our most authentic selves, these these guards that we carry around us. What is very just inherent to the process of sweating and partaking in the cold is this shedding of inhibitions. Our, um, I mean, first of all, we're, we're, we're shedding down to our, our bathing suits. So what usually keeps us from um, being our most authentic selves that our guards are down in that regard. We are um, syncing up our physiologies and we're going through something that's very tough together. So through that, we just feel this sense of connection, even without any words being uttered. Um, so that's the physical side of things. What else we do there is we lead classes, and that's what also differentiates us from the bathhouse or spa experience. Classes of emotional regulation, where we go deep into our emotions, and um, we find into these feel into these states of uh, inspiration and of awe, so as to create these transformational experiences, these state shifts in our emotions. Um, and then we have a digital side, which is a breathwork app. And what is the common thread between the physical and the digital is what I just spoke of, that state shift. Using these natural modalities that we evolved with, um, hormetic states such as heat stress, cold stress, um, and breath, really, which is the most fundamental tool to access our state, to elicit a state shift. And through that state shift, uh, a transformation. Wow. Wow. Um... You know, it's just such a unique experience. I've I've been several times to Othership and it's, like you said, shedding that inhibition and there's this communal aspect that you don't typically get when you go to a typical bathhouse. And it's very much you're with other people, socializing yet centering it around yourself and focusing on finding something that you can gain from the experience, which I just find so meaningful and impactful. And um, yeah, it's just so great to uh, to have these opportunities now coming to light. And so how did Othership all start? I mean, there's five of you that are all co-founders. Where did this really, this whole business initiate and how did it evolve into what it is now? Well, for me personally, maybe I'll just back up a little bit and and come from it from my personal angle. I was an artist after having come out of college, and um, I just felt very disconnected. You know, I've always been a very creative person, but the the artistic world there was a disconnect between the work that I was creating and the people that I was that the work was intended to have an impact upon. So, very lost, very confused for many years in my life. Um, I feel like I had a purpose in my life and really where it all changed or that impetus, that spark that really changed my path was meeting the love of my life, Amanda, who's one of the other five co-founders. Uh, the moment we met, we instantly fell madly in love. And it was this um, this question that was ignited through the love in our relationship as to what can we do that is something that we can do together. Um, something that was in betterment of each other as individuals, as a couple, 
and in service to humanity at large. It was it was definitely something that, you know, no matter how small, to to elevate the state of humanity. Um, and so we were just jamming on that idea for many years, and just naturally, there's a a sauna up at my family cottage, just partaking in the sauna, jumping into the icy waters of Georgian Bay, and coming into this realization: like, why is this not more? And feeling into my body more so than I ever have in my entire life. Feeling into my breath into the present moment and just like why is this not more of a thing why is this not part of everyone's day-to-day -day, um wellness lifestyle routines and so we dove into the research and the more research we did into um into the history how this has been around for thousands of years practiced by cultures around the globe into the the science how science is now um gaining up and starting to realize what the ancients have intuited for thousands of years that the hot and the cold and the breath have profound capacity to heal and into research into the trend as well how europe is starting to see this renaissance uh, revival culture of the hot and cold culture um the more research we did the more it just validated that this was indeed our life calling so that was six years ago that that was really sparked 10 years ago that i met amanda and it's just been a beautiful road of highs and lows tons of research partaking in retreats leading retreats ourselves looking for spaces and meeting our other co-founders who are now our co-founders who were at one point actually, um, uh, you might even call it competition, these other people that were doing a similar sort of concept and meeting up with them and uh, falling in love as well. So that it's been uh, three and a half years that we've been in partnership with our co-founders. We built a little tester space in one of my business partner, Robbie's garage as a space to uh, test our concept, to refine our concept, to build a network and build a community and to see if this is something that the world really needed. Indeed, all of those things verified. So that was three years ago, uh, three and a half years ago, uh, COVID hit, which just brought even more uh, ups and downs and an opportunity with which to put some things uh, online to, to be able to be there for our community online. Uh, and that was really the launch of the app, the Breathwork app that is now, um, you know, a, a completely entirely different wing of um, of othership. So and just a beautiful organic uh, flow. And so did it more transition from the app into the in-person experiences, given that COVID hit during that time? It, it started with the, the idea around the hot and cold. That was really just like the impetus for everything. And yeah, like I said, what we were really finding for us to be um, what makes us unique is the idea that we are implementing programming, bringing programming into the sauna space. People's journeys, inhibitions are shed. And we found that in that state of openness and receptivity, we would interweave these other modalities, such as breathwork, such as essential oils over the stove, such as movement and visualizations and some chanting within the, that sauna space. Um, one of the practices that we really found elicited a tremendous state shift, just like in an instant, like like meditation, an active form of meditation where you could really feel tangibly into the effects immediately upon doing that uh, practice itself was breath work. So when COVID hit, when we were no longer able to provide our services in person, we started doing these breath works online um, and on Zoom. And what grew from, you know, 10 people to 20 people, 100 people, hundreds of people blowing their minds asking for different lengths, for different styles, for the recordings, it's just very much organically, okay, so this is something that is clearly affecting people. Let's just start laying these down in recordings. And uh, it organically evolved into what we have now, which is 
uh, an app with hundreds of sessions, thousands of subscribers accessible to the global community, which is really special. That is so special. I mean, I've never done, I had never done breath work until about a year ago and I could not, re I couldn't, I was just so surprised by the influence it has on you immediately. And what I find most impactful about it is like you said, it's that active form of meditation. So especially for somebody who has a really hard time getting out of their head and into their body, I found personally that it pulls me right out of my system right away. And it's just, it's, I, I love what you guys are doing and it's just a really cool, cool thing um, to see how effective it is. And so you also mentioned that we have the three kind of components here. We have the cold, the hot, and the breath. And so I want to kind of talk about each one of these areas and why they're all each individually important and how they all work together. So first off, the ice baths. Let's let's dive into those. So what is the actual benefits of doing cold plunges and how, how does it work? Yeah, so I'll take a, just a brief step back and kind of speak to all three. Um, okay. there, there is a scientific phenomenon known as hormesis, and that is an exposure to a stressor that in a short, controlled burst is profoundly good for our physiologies and um, and for our state in that it activates stress response pathways that we have built within our nervous system and even encoded within our genes that express a capacity with which to deal with that stress not only in that moment, but well after we have been exposed to that stressor. So it is acting as a builder to resilience to stress. And stress, as we know, is one of the primary problems that we face as a species in today's age, especially in the unhealthy and unnatural ways in which we live, exposing ourselves to screens, um, our, the, the food that we eat, natural food that we eat the pollution that we're exposed to um, are just our high paced fast style of living um, we tend to live today as a species that lives with a background state of stress and stress is a beautiful thing stress is actually a great thing we have two branches of our nervous system one that activates our response to uh, of alertness um, the sympathetic state and one which um, relaxes us, the parasympathetic state. But when we are constantly in that sympathetic state, it is incredibly bad for us. So by exposing ourselves to that stress, it helps for us to lower that baseline so that after we come out of that stress, we can actually come into the parasympathetic state. So the cold is really one of the most potent ways in which we can ramp ourselves wholeheartedly into that sympathetic state. Our body um, thinks that something may be wrong. So it activates all these stress response pathways. And in an effort to do so, uh, there is a cascade a downstream of positive effects. Um, really, there's nothing that you can do within two minutes that's more profoundly beneficial for the entire system. Uh, a couple things to highlight are um, widespread decrease of inflammation. Norepinephrine is released in the blood as a hormone and in the brain as a neurotransmitter. And one of the primary things that it does as a hormone is reduces our inflammation. Inflammation scores, high inflammation scores, or low inflammation scores, should I say, uh, are one of the two primary biomarkers to indicate uh, people that have long health spans and, and people who live to 100 years old. 
And so any way in which we can reduce inflammation systemically, you know, is profoundly good for you. Um, and uh, cold is known to do that more so than any other way in which we know how to do so. Um, norepinephrine also acts as um, a boost to our metabolism. Metabolism can be increased by threefold, turning white fat, which is the useful, useless unhealthy fat, into brown fat, which is mitochondria-rich fat, the energy-producing uh, fat stores within our body. Um, and norepinephrine also acts as a neurotransmitter in the brain. And this is something that we're very excited about, is not only the physical and physiological benefits that the cold are capable of eliciting and very much do so elicit with every single plunge. We don't become accustomed to it. It's every single time you plunge, you are receiving all these benefits. But what we're very excited about is the mental capacity to bring us into a centered and a present state of awareness. When you're exposed to that cold, it is, a, again, similar to the breath, a forced state of meditation. There's no way you're thinking about your to-do list tomorrow or the screw-ups that you had from yesterday. You are thrown in very, very actively to a present state of awareness with your circumstances. It is so intensely cold. You are right there and you are with it. And you find that state of slow breath. And as soon as you find that state of slow breath, you're sending signals to your body and to your mind that, I am okay. This may be intense, but I am doing this under my own controlled will. This is profoundly good for me. You know, you can you can be equipped with all these scientific tools, but the breath is the relay, the way in which we can relay all these messages to our system. And through that breath, you can just relax into it. Wow, this is so intense. This is what it feels like to be absolutely alive with every single cell right now. Here it is. And um, that's the state shift that elicits a sense of absolute presence with our immediate surroundings, a feeling into our body, a feeling into our breath, unlike, unlike what we've ever experienced before. Wow, so much science behind that all. It's just so interesting to learn about. I'm curious to know, so this shift in between the states, once you enter a cold plunge, you're targeting your sympathetic nervous system. And once you bring in that component of the mindfulness back to your breath, is that when it switches to the parasympathetic nervous system or is that after you are completely removed from the cold? Yeah, good question. There's definitely a way in which we can bring ourselves into the parasympathetic even still while in the cold. Um, but that's not to say that the sympathetic is still ramped up. Like we're, we're really feeling into the cold. Uh, sympathetic may still very much be active, but the beautiful thing with the cold and with finding our breath and finding stillness is our capacity with which to rest in the sympathetic, to notice what it feels like to be in the sympathetic without unconsciously just reacting to our sympathetic stress response. And And in that moment of awareness of what's going on is all the power with which to make decisions clear-headed, conscious, and um, just just pure without being um, swept away by a sympathetic activity that often does. You know, if you think about us, uh, the way that we behave due to a sympathetic trigger in normal waking states, if you're cut off in traffic or if you're having a tough uh, and heated argument with a business partner or with a lover, or if you receive an email that just makes your heart drop, it's hard to not be swept away. And this is training. The cold is training. It's not not doesn't just pertain to training for the next time you do a cold plunge. It is training for every time you feel your sympathetic system activated in everyday waking states. Yeah, there's there's so many um, 
facts out there about triggering those stressors so that you're you're prepared and that when you're in those situations it's not like you have a total switch in your brain where you're not even cognizant of your surroundings or what is actually occurring and so it's so interesting to see how you can basically use this as a form of practice or changing your thought patterns so that when you're in the car and someone drives and you know kind of ticks you off it doesn't bother you as much as it normally would or you don't let it get to that extreme point where it throws the rest of your day off and you kind of come back to that moment which I just think is so cool as humans that we're able to do that through these types of experiences. Yeah, it's, it's quite profound. And exactly to the point that you just said, it's the capacity with which to come back into the parasympathetic quickly and efficiently after you've noticed that your sympathetic has been ramped up. Are you going to let yeah. this affect the rest of your day, exactly what you said? Or do we have yeah. the capacity with which through awareness and through um, a deep understanding on an, even an unconscious automatic level to come back into it. And this is what the cold is capable of doing along with the hot breath. Mm -hmm. Very cool. So now shifting over to the hot sauna, is that also in a way a stressor or is that experience a little bit different in that way? It's exactly the same thing It's exposing ourselves to a stressor. And there is a cascade of different physiological and neurochemical reactions that help for us to deal with stress and affect our physiology in different ways, but it acts in the same way. We're exposing ourselves to a stress and our body has to respond to that stress um, as and it, through a result um, equips us with stress resilient pathways and physiological benefits. Um, the cold is a little bit different. I'm sorry, the hot is a little bit different in that um, you know, it feels good for the first 5, 10, 15 minutes. So what I would stress for everyone listening and partaking in the sauna is you've got to push yourself. Once you, you know, the cold is instant. You dip your toe and you're like, oh my God, this is so intense. And it is like, you feel your muscles tensing up. You feel your chest tighten up. Your breath constricts. And you, in that moment, upon entering into the cold, have to, with conscious attention, override these responses so as to relax in it. The hot feels good. It feels really good. And it's super relaxing for the first little while. But it's only at the point in which, oh, wow, it's starting to get hot in here. This is starting to feel really intense. It is, and that is a key indicator that uh, these stress response pathways are being activated within the system. To speak um, specifically to some of the reactions that are happening within the hot, first of all, it is just an excellent workout for your cardiovascular system. Um, so it, it, it mimics work, uh, exercise in many ways, except it's a still form and it can be very much a meditative form of exercise, but your heart and your cardiovascular system is working very hard in an effort to off a lot of this heat that it's been um, activated. Um, so it's very amazing at clearing any sort of stagnant energy, um, whether blood or whether uh, energetic related within the entire body also lymphatic um, our, our lymphatic system doesn't have a heart so this is one of the great ways in which we can uh, move lymphatic fluid in that lymphatic fluid it is essentially uh, interstitial fluid it is our sweat so by exercising this whole system and by sweating uh, a lot we're actually moving our lymph system around which is extremely important we have eight times the amount of lymph fluid than we have blood in our body um, through the process of sweating as well, we're able to um, off 
hundreds of chemicals uh, and exogenous, like um, unnatural chemicals that we build up in our system. Um, heat shock proteins are released, heat shock proteins. So you think heat shock, like they're only released as a result of the exposure to heat. And these are these miracle proteins that kind of chaperone other proteins to help do their job. There's often um, misalignment, uh, like a a improper folding of proteins in the body. And whenever, whenever we have those, those create inflammation, those create for other proteins around them to have uh, to be inflamed as well, causing senescent and dead cells and through that cancer. So these chaperone heat shock proteins help for all other proteins to do their job more importantly. Proteins are so important for the body. Uh, proteins are uh, hormones, are immune cell proteins. Um, yeah, they do a wide range of, of functions within the body. Um, so those are just a few examples of the amazing benefits of uh, the sauna. And one um, study, which really helps to just explain the wide capacity for uh, heat exposure to be profoundly beneficial is uh, a study out of the University of Eastern Finland followed 2,000 men over 20 years, and it showed that saunaing four to seven times a week, as compared, still compared to people who sauna one time a week, because I had the suspicion that they couldn't find anyone in Finland who didn't sauna, there was a decrease in all-cause mortality, so any type of non-accidental death by 40%. Which is just like an absolutely staggering number decrease in cardiovascular fatality which is the number one cause of fatality in north america and developed uh, worlds developed nations there's a 50 percent reduction of any sort of cardiovascular fatality that's uh, heart attack that is stroke that is uh, endothelial related illnesses and also and this is really cool and, and has very much to, to do related to uh, the release of heat shock proteins is a 65% reduction in Alzheimer's and dementia. So you know, not only is this amazing for our bodies, but also our brains and through that, uh, our mental clarity and clarity of mind and uh, the function of our brains. So extremely preventative, yeah. so good for longevity. Uh, and you know, you can talk about all this science, you know, the science is great. It helps for, especially for us Westerners, it helps for us Westerners to really, okay, wow, this is really good for me, but the main way in which you feel into, yes, this is very good for me, is just to go do a hot, you do a cold. And for anyone that's ever done a hot and a cold, and they're just sitting on the bench afterwards, uh, just feeling into how their bodies feel, it's all empirical. It's like, wow, I don't need to really understand the science. I feel absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And you feel it for up to 24 hours after uh, after being exposed to these sorts of experience, like the hormones, the neurotransmitters, the dopamine, the norepinephrine, all these feel-good chemicals are coursing throughout our body, and it just gives us a little bit more pep in our step. It just makes us feel more alive. And just through that, like that's the addicting quality. Like, and you can talk about all the science, but just for it to be felt, it's like, oh, okay, now I understand why all these. Like, I understand the science now because I can actually feel into. You this. can feel it. You feel it very much so. Yeah, it's insane how much of a shift it causes just in your entire equilibrium. Like the experiences I've had, I just afterwards the next, like you said, the next few days, I'm like, I don't have trouble getting up in the morning. It's just, I'm more level-headed. Things come a little bit more naturally. Everything just flows and it's just, it's absolutely amazing how much those experiences can really just bring you back to your present and what you're experiencing in front of you. 
I'm I'm wondering if you have any tips because I I often hear I I know for myself and I often hear from other people they really struggle with in the moment when you have that switch when you're in the sauna where you want to get out and that's when you need to like persevere and push through or if you're in the ice bath and you like desperately want to get out of there what are the best kind of words of advice you could give to someone for coming over that mindset and persevering through those moments to ensure they can get the maximal benefits from the experience? Yeah, great question. So I'll start with the hot. So uh, there are a couple tricks, one of which is to wipe the sweat off your body, especially if your if your skin is fully saturated with sweat. One of the best ways in which um, our bodies off heat is through sweating. Uh, the sweat beads um, accumulate on your skin. And in the process of the evaporation of those molecules, there's a transfer of of energy and a transfer of heat. But if our um, if our skin is fully saturated, then we don't feel it into it as much. So it's really nice to wipe that sweat off and you can deal with it a little bit more thoroughly. Um, secondly, I might say that this is one of the reasons why we lead classes. It's It's one of the many reasons why we leave classes, but if you're being held through an experience with a group and you're being entertained and you're feeling engaged and you're like, Oh my God, this is so much fun. Like I want to breathe through this. I want to, I want to experience what's coming next. Then your mind is taken off the, the fact that it, it may be feeling uncomfortable and you're doing it all together as a group and you're feeling into that connectedness and you really want to, uh, you just kind of forget the fact that it feels uncomfortable when you're being held through an experience and when you're being entertained. So for those struggling, I would recommend to come to Othership and try out a class because it definitely takes your mind off the fact that you're feeling uncomfortable when you're focusing on something else that you're interested to focus on. Mm-hmm. Uh, thirdly, let's see, for the hot, uh, of course, with both the hot and the cold, and especially the cold, is being with your breath, being with a slow and regulated breath. The inhale can be a little bit faster, but what is recommended is that the exhale is really slow, as slow as you can possibly allow for that exhale to be, because in finding that slow breath, it is sending signals to your physiology, millions of signals with every single breath, in fact, which is absolutely mind-boggling. <laughs> that again, I'm okay, because your body is sending you signals that holy shit, you might be in a state of danger. And that's actually why you're breathing fast. Like, get out of here. This is not good for me. Your body's doing this for good reason. If you actually fell through the ice as a hunter-gatherer, there is good reason to send those alarm signals. I might be in a state of danger. I might die. But knowing that you're doing this over your, with a controlled response, that you, not knowing how good it is for you, that you have a warm a place to warm up or a place to cool down afterwards, you can override that all with your breath with a slow controlled breath especially on the exhale slowing it down and nasal breathing nasal breathing is a direct way to induce the parasympathetic um and with the cold it's so important because again it, it's one of the one of the uh, most pertinent pertinent um responses of the cold is to tighten up and to hyperventilate as a response to get out you override that with a slow breath and you will notice in the present your mind state shifts from one of resistance to one of surrender and observation to what really is a profoundly beautiful experience. Yeah. And so how long are you like, what is the average time that someone should actually be in the cold plunge for? 
yeah, so it's really dependent from person to person, um, how much experience you have with the cold, what your metabolism is like, um, and just everyone has a different tolerance. So, you know, one of the things just to preface that question is meet yourself exactly where you're at. And every day is going to be different as well. How much exercise have you had? How much sleep have you had the night before? How much, how hydrated you are and how much you've eaten that day? And just what is your mental state like? It, it blows me away. Every single day is different. And I notice like when I'm stressed, when I don't feel aligned, cold is a lot harder. So just meet yourself where you are at every day. Don't be hard on yourself if, you, if it's a five seconds or if you just dip your toe in. Um, I, I always love to preface it in that regard. Also, you know, it really depends on what the temperature is. At other ship, we like to have the temperature as cold as possible. So it ranges in the temperature of zero to six degrees Celsius. But it really depends on what you're working with. If it's 20 degrees Celsius, you're going to be able to be in there for half an hour. General rule of thumb is to um, just play it by ear and to push past those barriers. Like if you if you see a barrier approaching, like, oh, my God, it's getting a little bit uncomfortable. See if you can push beyond that next level and breathe through it. Uh, typically at other ship though, with the temperature given and with the programming that we lead, we like to lead our journeyers through a two minute experience, um, in like three degrees Celsius water, but really 30 seconds is when most of the benefits kick in the metabolism, um, the release of endorphins and, and dynorphin, the release of norepinephrine, uh, decreased inflammation that pretty much all happens at 30 seconds. And that extra 30, one minute and 30 seconds is great to, once that is all settled in, once you've found your breath, to really just like surrender to observe into the experience. And it becomes more of a um, mental and state shift practice at that point. As for the hot, same thing. It really depends on the temperature. It really depends on the humidity and yourself and your state. Uh, but anywhere from, you know, 10 to 20 minutes and and, and realizing when those barriers come up and challenging yourself to push through um, all in the name of safety. You know, we, we love to encourage for journeyers to go in, to really go into those states of discomfort, but always knowing the difference between being uncomfortable and being unwell. And if any signs of unwell come up, then to just absolutely um, call it then and safely make your way out. Because, you know, bottom line, we are exposing ourselves to these pretty, um, powerful stressors that can induce these uh, wild stage shifts. Yeah, it's the whole concept of making yourself uncomfortable. I often talk about this on the podcast, just with people in my life, about how much growth can come from being uncomfortable and how many of us fear being uncomfortable and we want to stay in that protective state that we know is normal or normal feelings that we have. Um, so it's so interesting that you bring this up in terms of ice baths and sauna, it's that point of getting uncomfortable where the magic starts to happen and you really see all the benefits of everything happening in front of you. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, you just look at how we evolved as, as humans. Only until recently are we just always comfortable. You know, we, uh, at the click of the button, can have food delivered to our door, any type of food that we want. At the click of a button, we can make it cooler if we're feeling hot or hotter if we're feeling cold. Um, these comfy beds to sleep in, we're, we weren't always uh, uh, we weren't always privileged with such comforts. We evolved to be exposed to the elements, to the hot, 
Nicole. We evolved, um, you know, not to to have food at our fingertips. So intermittent fasting, for example, is another form of hormesis. Uh, as is exercise. You know, you think about exercise. That's it's really the the ultimate form of hormesis that everyone can understand. Okay, I'm putting my body under stress. Like I'm lifting these heavy weights, and my cardiovascular system is going. I rest after that, and my body is nourished from that state of stress. So. So yeah, leaving the, our comfort zone and, you know, even on a mental level, like challenging ourselves and facing our fears and like, I don't want to do this, but I, I know that if I do this and if I accomplish this, like I'm going to feel so accomplished. It's going to give me sense of fulfillment for challenging myself and overcoming that challenge. So really you can look at it from a physical perspective, a physical lens, but also that, that emotional lens. You come out on the other side of that cold punch. Wow, that was the hardest thing I've done all month. Like, yes, like I could, I, I just did that. I can do that. I feel like I can do anything like that call that I have to make that I don't want to make. That seems like nothing after having really just like exposed myself to something so wholeheartedly uncomfortable and challenging. Yeah, it's so, it's still, it's so empowering. And so when, for going to like doing these experiences and such, how frequently should, if someone's looking to get into it, how frequently should somebody go? Is there a difference in getting the maximal benefits the more you go? Or is there often like too many? Like, could you not go? Is there, are there periods where you're going too much? Like what's kind of the general scheme of how much you should do this? Yeah, so interestingly, and this has been um, studied, we do, we never acclimatize to the hot or the cold. We never, um, yeah, yeah, we never acclimatize. So, so it's not like it's not like there's diminishing returns. For every time you go, you're getting less and less the benefits. You're receiving the same amount of benefits for every time you're exposing yourself to the hot and the cold, which is just a, a profound and beautiful realization to me. Um, so, you know, I, like the daily practice is, is what I do and really what um, scientific studies show is the most beneficial uh, as per that study that I referenced earlier, where uh, those who sauna four to seven times a week experience uh, tremendous benefits than those who are exposed one week. So I th I'd say in an ideal world, you're exposing yourself to the hot and the cold on the daily, um, but but any chance in which you can, you know, you can be exposed to partake in a hot and a cold is is better than not doing so yeah um, and as um as a lead guide you know there have been instances in which i've uh, had to go in multiple times a day and it's it's amazing there is such a thing as doing too much of an amazing thing you know i was being uh, going to three saunas every day on the daily and my body would start to break down a little bit and uh it's just like a little bit too much stress so there is too much of of a good thing uh, but one a day, I'd say, was like the best cadence you could possibly do. And how long do you do it a day, every single day? Yeah, it's like um, 15 minutes in the sauna, two-minute plunge, another 15-minute sauna, and then um, depending on whether it's night or day, ending off on hot or cold. Typically speaking, you end off on hot, and uh, it's like relaxing. You can kind of uh, have a beautiful sleep, or it's just like... It's a, it's a beautiful way to end your day. Or if you're starting off with one of these circuits, beginning of the day, it's always really nice to end off on cold in that it is um, uh, energizing. And it just, uh, it's like that endogenous cup of coffee. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask if there's a difference between morning and night doing the plunges and um, the sauna. So it's better if you're going in the morning to end on the cold plunge versus at night to end with the sauna. 
Yeah, that's awesome. Amazing. Well, as we wrap up here, I want to know what is your best piece of advice or something you've learned through your journey of implementing this into your everyday that you can provide to people listening here and hopefully it will encourage them to, you know, take interest in this area and this work or even, you know, encourage them to turn the cold down in the shower just to get a cold bout of water. What would you have to say to our listeners? Well, that's a really good question. What I would have to say is to really tune into how the hot and how the cold and even how the breath make you feel. So to not necessarily just like rush back into your daily routine, but really the peak moment of the entire experience is after you've exposed yourself and all the benefits have kicked in, all the hormones are flooding throughout your system, all the endogenous feel goods, the dopamine, the norepinephrine, take a moment to feel into your state shift to check in with yourself. How do I feel right now as to how I felt when I first entered into this practice and notice the difference between the two and notice the capacity with which these profound modalities can elicit um, a strong sense of shifting our state for the better. Beautiful, beautiful. And so for anyone listening who's looking to get into othership, or follow the app where can they find everybody or where can everyone find um the resources for them yeah feel free to check us out we're on instagram uh the physical space is at othership and the digital space the breathing app which i would highly recommend you check out there's a free trial with hundreds of sessions on there uh and we i know we didn't touch into the breath too much but um the breath is really the ultimate gateway into our nervous system and through our nervous system into our state. And you can access that parasympathetic state of the opening, loving, healing, receptive, peaceful, calm through certain styles of breath. You can also access certain states um, of the sympathetic, energizing, alerting, active, you know, that sense of life force coursing throughout the body with certain breath states. So we, we're on the app as well. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at othership.app. Uh, and um, you can find our website at www.othership.us. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It was a pleasure speaking with you. And that is it for this week's episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you learned as much as I did from Harry. There was so much to unpack in this this conversation and I hope it gives you some insight onto all the benefits of cold and hot therapy. And if you like this episode, don't forget to follow along for more. You can check me out on all my socials. Everything is at Balance Factor. I'll also head over to my website, balancefactor.com. And don't forget to rate and review this podcast. And with all of that said, I hope you have an absolutely amazing day. And I will see you next Wednesday for another new episode. Bye, guys. Bye.